Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast and Radio Show. Coming to you on this Saturday afternoon here with a real quick rant uh, just about childhood obesity uh, and youth fitness and training and kind of everything wrapped up into one. Now, literally, I'm going to read through uh, just a handful of statistics uh, and numbers and kind of my take on youth fitness and sports and nutrition. And uh, I would call it, you know, the childhood obesity epidemic we have going on uh, in America. And I think it's um, overall, I don't think it's limited to just children. We obviously have a, a Fat Facts podcast where we kind of rip through adults and the numbers of the average male and the average female. But uh, our youth fitness uh, summer camps are starting here in about a week. So um, I thought I'd touch on that just because the numbers are eye-opening. Uh, and I've seen a shift and change since we've done youth fitness here in some capacity intermittently for the past decade or so. Um, sometimes just summer camps, sometimes throughout the year, sometimes younger children, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all the way up to high school age kids working with, um, you know, high school girls basketball teams, men's basketball teams, and, and different athletes, uh, and just general fitness um, for kids because now it's uh, a lot of schools don't even have PE uh, at all. Like there's zero uh, physical education program, and a lot of schools will now will do online PE, which um, of all the things to teach online, I, I'm not sure what the adherence rate is to teaching online physical education to a, a 14-year-old kid who has no interest in sports or fitness. But again, I'm not, a, I'm not an educator in that arena, so I'm not really sure. But with that said, I'm just going to rip through, you know, the facts about childhood obesity, you know, in, in the uh, what I would call an epidemic or crisis that we are, uh, you know, facing with kids and their eating and the education of parents. And again, aside on everybody, I don't have kids. I'm not telling you how to parent or, or what to do. Um, I would never do that. I don't speak on things that I've not done myself. Uh, in the very same sentence, I, I was once a kid, uh, and I still feel like one, even though I'm, I do not look like one at this point. Uh, I still do feel like one, and uh, I was one at one time, and I know how it was in my house, how I grew up, and you know the amount of limited decisions uh, I did have uh, when it came down to food and choices, whether it was you know right or wrong or whether I wanted to do, I was the kid. I had no job. I had no money. I wasn't paying the bills. And so like whatever mom and dad would say, that's how it was going to be. Um, and that was just the end all be all. So I'll leave that uh, alone. So numbers wise, um, approximately 18 to 19%, depending on what, what uh, studies and beta, and I'll source everything at the very end of the podcast, you guys, 18 to 19% of the U.S. youth are classified as the obese category. And nearly one-third of all, like, adolescent children are either overweight or classified as obese. So one in every three kids, essentially, which is a huge number, especially when you are younger. Um, the national childhood obesity rate is about 18.5%, so kind of right between that 8 and 19. And the rate does vary among different groups, uh, and it rises as children do get older, which one would expect. So the numbers I pulled up here, about 14, 13.9%, so about 14% of two to five-year-olds would be obese. About four, uh, 14 of every 100 two to five-year-old children are classified as obese, which is pretty mind-blowing to me. Um, the number creeps up to about 18.4% for six to 11-year-olds, and it reaches a level of about 20.6%, so almost 21% for kids 12 to 19 um, suffer from obesity. That's a huge number. That's two out of every 10 kids you see would be classified as obese. And then obviously that's even a bigger number will be classified as just overweight. And no one's immune uh, to the risk, uh, obviously, uh, of getting unhealthy and becoming overweight. Um, childhood obesity rates cut across all communities and all categories and races and ethnicities and family income. So there is 
bigger discrepancies uh, on certain races and certain uh, socioeconomic backgrounds. But the point I'm trying to share here is without getting into to great detail and boring you guys, um, it doesn't matter uh, where you're at, whether you're, you know, you're white, you're black, you're rich, you're poor. It doesn't matter. Um, it affects everybody. And uh, the alarming rate of obesity that strikes at early age is almost mind-blowing. And I shared this before. The obesity rate in children ages 6 to 11 has more than quadrupled in the last 40 years. So from 4.2% to 17.5%, as well as it's almost tripled for the kids who are probably 12 to 19. So it used to be at about 5%, and like I mentioned before, now it's at 20.5%. So in the last four decades, we went from being ages 12 to 19, having about 5% of us be obese, to having 21% of us be obese. Now, with the internet and with education and more access to resources and food and better choices than ever, how in the hell are we four times, three times, and four times more obese than we were four decades ago when we are more educated, correct? When we have better access to healthcare, we have better access to information and coaches and fitness and programs, and we should all know what to do, correct? But yet we don't. We're going the opposite way. That, to me, is an epic failure. That would be an epidemic. That would be a crisis. To me, I equate it to uh, the student loan crisis that's going on in America. Now, I'm not sure the exact number of student loan debt. I think it's like $1.5 trillion or some. Cri- when people start speaking, first of all, people start speaking in trillions. Like, I laugh at it. Like, this doesn't even seem like a real number to me. Like, how can you be a trillion dollars in debt? Like, if I was in debt for my house uh, more than a, a payment or two late, I'm pretty sure the bank was going to come take it from me until I have it paid off. Is that not correct? Like, how in the fuck can we be trillions of dollars in debt for something? Like I it literally just mind-blowing altogether. But the point of me sharing that is that seems like a ridiculous number, and I think the obesity thing is the same thing. And when you pull the numbers, according to the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey, we spend an estimated $190 billion every year to treat obesity-related conditions. We're spending almost $200 billion a year treating this shit. And the reason I share this is like when I grew up, and again, I don't fault, you know, my parents for this. They didn't have access to the internet. Uh, neither of them went to college. They didn't have the resources that I've had. They didn't, you know, get to meet uh, the educated people I get to meet. They didn't get to travel the world. They didn't have access to all the positive quality information. And now, obviously, I sit in a position where I, I get to be friends with doctors and physicians from all walks of life. You know, from surgeons to general practitioners to ER doctors to ENTs to, um, you know, male, you, you name it, I have access to it. So, I do feel very blessed in, in that respect, but it's something that we're not clearly teaching, um, and it's it's being lost in the shuffle, and I think sometimes we're focusing um, education on all the wrong shit, and I'll dig into that in a second. I don't want to get lost um, here on this, and so as I said, we're spending about two or $190 billion every year to treat obesity-related conditions in America, and not only do you know childhood health costs um, exacerbate the problem. It's worth noting that many, you know, weight-related issues can turn into chronic conditions later on in life, such as diabetes, heart disease, and as the children grow older, um, it cuts their life expectancy dramatically short. When you kind of look at the the macro picture of it, in fact, this the, the crisis, as I would call it, marks the first time in the history uh, of, I guess, American you know generations that children can face a shorter life expectancy span than their parents. So, I mean, this could be the, the one of the first generations where they're living. A shorter life than their parents. Now, obviously, with technology and healthcare and stuff, we can prolong stuff. And for me, even if you can prolong it, but the quality of your life was terrible because you were 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 100 plus pounds overweight, what is it worth? And that's kind of what I'm touching on is I've done this for a long time, you guys, well over a decade now. 
And to see transformations and see people, and I think that's what we do best, is help people transform in all the pillars of, of health and fitness. And admittedly, I think the mental aspect of it is the hardest, and that's a different podcast altogether. But the thing right next to that is the nutrition. It's the eating. Because, and I've talked about this before, eating is a skill. It's a very basic skill, and we learn it really young in life. Um, your dog learns it very early on. It's a human instinct. You grab something, you put it in your mouth, it nourishes you, it hydrates you, it fuels you, and you go about your day. So when we have someone come in here and we teach them how to squat or deadlift or you know push a sled or lunge or whatever we have them do, they can see it, they can feel it, and it takes time sometimes for them to drill down and to get it perfect and get it correct. The skill of eating is basic. You master it at about two years old. You grab something, you stick it in your mouth. Now, where we are feeling people is the choice. Telling them you have a choice when you grab something, not just grabbing broccoli and putting it in your mouth. The decision is you grabbing broccoli over grabbing a Pop-Tart and sticking it in your mouth. Now, that's the game. So we've learned the skill of eating, which is basic, but it's the decision to pick the right thing over the wrong thing. It's the education that we need to layer into people to understand, like, here's what a Snickers bar is. Here's what chicken and broccoli is. Here's what donuts are. Here's what a steak and asparagus is. Now, there's choices. And again, it's you guys selling yourself in that instant to make the right choice over the wrong choice more often than not. Now, I'm not talking about being perfect. And again, I'm not a parent, so I don't know how you guys deal with it and roll with it. But just giving your kid free reign to eat shit or saying my kid won't eat that, I don't know if that's the answer. Clearly, it's not by the numbers. And I'm just, I'm a math person here. I'm just, I'm giving you guys the straight facts. Now, at my house, here's how it was. Um, did I eat perfect as a kid? No, I didn't. And again, my parents, we come from a different, you know, economical background. Um, there was no whole foods. There was no sprouts. There wasn't, uh, I don't know if eat like organic was even a thing like in the, you know, the late 1980s. Maybe it was, I haven't pulled up the beta on it, but if it was, we weren't affording it, we didn't have it. Or even if we could have by some miracle afforded it, we, I'm sure we didn't budget for it because we weren't educated on it. And I'm not saying you have to eat all organic stuff, but in my house at dinner time, if there was something I didn't want to eat or have, uh, it just was what it was. Like my dad would be like, Hey bro, like you can eat it or you can't like, you'll get hungry enough and you'll fucking break and you'll eat some food. So it's like, you can sit there and pout and whine and scream. Um, and he would just, you know, he would weigh me out. He would weight me out and not, and for sure enough, I would crack over time. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why I'm so good at fasting. Um, it's from, from an early, early age, I would fast because I'm like, I don't want to eat that. Um, and again, some of my meals, and again, I'm not knocking them. I love my parents. They're great people. Uh, but my dad would be like, what do you want? And I'd be like, I don't know, you know, SpaghettiOs. And like, I would eat SpaghettiOs for dinner. And that would be it. And maybe like a glass of dairy milk. Um, that would be it. Or like sometimes, I'm, I'm legitly, some of my meals would be like uh, a can of corn. Like literally, uh, I remember we had these little glass bowls um, with like two little handles on them. And uh, I would, like, he basically just opened a can of corn, dump it in there, put, uh, you know, a couple slices of butter on it and some salt. And I'm like, this is great. And that would be my dinner. Now, being a grown adult today, there is zero nutritional value in that shit. Like fucking none. I guess there's fat from the butter, if you will, but there is no nutrients in that. And that is a terrible way, um, you know, to fuel your body and go through the day. But that's, you know, that's what we knew and that, and that's what we did. I remember sometimes I would even, for whatever reason, like I love stovetop stuffing. And you ever get to watch the new Dave Chappelle skit? It's actually pretty comedy because he talks about it the same way that I grew up. Like when you go to your rich friend's house and they have like stovetop and you're like, oh man, like this is the real deal. Uh, but anyways, like once in a while we would get stovetop stuffing at our house. And I remember like I would make that and like stovetop stuffing would be my entire dinner. That and like a Mountain Dew or something. And we had all the normal treats and snacks. I'm going to date myself here for you guys who are around my age. 
you know, you open up your, your pantry. If we're lucky enough, you have like, you know, Doritos and Cheetos and uh, we had like old Dutch potato chips, if you guys are from the Midwest. And then uh, all the normal, you know, shit, we would beg our parents to buy like fruit roll-ups and fruit by the foot and like Teddy Grahams. I like the cinnamon ones. And like Dunkaroos and like sharks and gushers and just all the, you know, the sugary bullshit. Um, and that's what we would eat and do. And I remember my breakfast some days would be like, I'm going to grab two Pop-Tarts and take a Pepsi and get on the bus. And I would go to school and that's literally like how we would go through the day. And I'm not knocking them for that, but it's such a disservice um, if you let your kids have free reign and do shit like that because it fucks them up. It really does. It sets them up for a really long road ahead to learn how to eat correctly, to reverse engineer and clean up those shitty habits. And they're probably always going to be with them, especially if they're anything like me. Now, do I eat that kind of stuff today? No, I don't. Um, do I think about it? For surely I do. And maybe I romanticize. It's kind of like when you break up with a girlfriend, right? Or a boyfriend, like a serious one. And, uh, you know, you break up and they leave and they're gone. And then you romanticize the relationship and you think about the only, the good things that they did. Like, oh, they were so attractive or the sex was great or they used to do this and this. And now they're gone and you don't have that in your life. And then you forget about the, the 19 shitty things that they used to do to you. And maybe that's what I'm doing with these foods. I'm sure like, you know, fruit by the foot isn't really that amazing or like Dunkaroos really aren't that great. But in my brain, for some reason, like I remember them as being amazing. And the point being is those are bad habits that I have to basically fight and kick, you know, my entire life. And I remember when I met uh, Najaris, my homie, he used to run Train P3 in New York City. He's from Lithuania and he never had that. So he just grew up on kind of like the meat and potatoes. Like he didn't have all the cravings for sweets and processed shit that I did. And the point of me sharing that is if you don't introduce it into your kid's daily life and daily nutrition, I think they're going to be better off and they're going to grow up learning that things like fruit is like sweet, like it's a natural dessert. And again, I'm not telling you what to do. There's always a place for, you know, McDonald's and, and Pizza Hut and shit like that. But those are treats and they're snacks. And I think when you look at how we're, you know, compared to 40 plus years ago, obese and overweight, or even if you go to like back to like my mom and dad's era or my grandma and grandpa's era, when they went to McDonald's, it was a very special occasion. It was a treat. It was something they did maybe once a month, maybe once every three months or six months. When they got pizza, it wasn't every you know other day. It wasn't every weekday. They didn't go to fast food all the time. It was a very special event and a special occasion, and they went out for it. And it was like something that was very few and far between. And now, I tell you guys, when I look at food logs, sometimes it's like in the same day, they go to Starbucks, they go to Taco Bell, and they're at like Whataburger all in the same day. And I'm like, you just did you know, the equivalent of what your grandma and grandpa would do in a scope of six months, you did it in one single day. And then you wonder why the obesity rate is so huge. And I have empathy for, for parents and people out there who are struggling with time and different things because you're busy with your job and your career and you're running your kids to multiple sports and you're a, a taxi cab driver. And sometimes it's just easier. Um, and I get that. And I, I feel for you. But if you would take a little time like to do maybe a little preparation and planning um, and just making a better choice overall. And I don't mean that you can't go to fast food and do drive through there's, there's ways to make good choices doing that. But that comes down to us as adults um, being educated on macros, on micronutrients, on you know meal frequency, on meal timing, on portion size, and knowing what the kid does or doesn't need and what's acceptable. And again, I'm not going to draw that line in the sand for you guys. I just know as a young kid who's now an adult... I have to fight a lot of those urges and cravings that basically were embedded into me from ages, you know, six through probably 20 at that point. And, uh, you know, as a parent, I'm sure it's tough when your kid's fighting you and screaming and you're just like, fuck it, dude, just, you know, eat this and shut up. I understand that. Um, 
but sometimes if you win the battles, I think it's going to be to their benefit. And the parents here who I see who have done well, they strike a balance that works for them and works for their family. Um, and again, they allow their kid when they go somewhere to a party to obviously indulge and have fun. Just like I think you should as an adult, there should be a time for treats and celebration and certain things, but letting your kid drink, you know, five Mountain Dews in a day is just utterly fucking ridiculous. Taking your kid to fast food, you know, four or five times a week is insane. And then you wonder why they're obese and they're overweight because you're feeding them that you're, you're not helping them. Even if they're kicking and screaming and whatever, it's like, I guess you just have to win the battle and you have to gut it out. And I wish... Um, if my parents had the education level that I did today, that they would, you know, when you know better, you do better. And, that, and I believe that. And so that's kind of my story of being a kid. And again, you guys, I would drink, I can't tell you sometimes like those giant, like big gulp sodas, like 40 ounces, 60 ounces, and just crushing Mountain Dew and eating chips and just things that are devoid of any nutrients uh, at all. And it, uh, if, if you don't start those really shitty habits, I think it's going to be harder for you to pick them up when you become 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. When you start ingraining eating proteins, eating vegetables, eating healthy fats, talking about what you ate for breakfast and lunch and dinner, how it made you feel, um, it makes a difference. And that's why we do it here with the youth fitness. You ask them what they eat, what they did. We build in just a very passive – again, we don't treat them like adults because they're not adults. and They can, they can get away with some more shit. Uh, and they can have a little more fun because typically they're more active. But here's the biggest thing. For me, I was never a huge fat kid. So I don't I didn't have that battle to fight where a lot of other kids do. I didn't get bullied. I didn't get teased. I didn't get I didn't feel embarrassed at the pool or when I took my shirt off or I couldn't buy certain clothes or like, you know, I didn't have friends because of it. Like I always looked like every other kid, you know, because I played sports. And I was active for, you know, four or five, six hours a day, every single day. There was never a time in my life that when I wasn't involved in a sport or wasn't practicing and playing. And even when it wasn't during the season, man, we would play street football for like six hours in a row. We, I would ride my bike to the park. We'd play basketball till it gets dark. We'd play, uh, you know, deli, which is like a version of like a, a smaller baseball game with your friends. Um, I mean, you, you name the sport, we played it and did it. And we ran around all the time. Even that when I was a kid, my family had a couple bucks to give me a membership to like the shitty Westfield public golf course. Shout out to Westfield if it still exists. Um, and I would get a, I got a, a shitty bag of golf clubs, probably cost my family 75 bucks. I think they were like Dunlap irons or something. And uh, I'd put the the back the, the bag on my back and ride my Huffy 10 speed all the way down to the golf course. And I'd golf, you know, uh, nine holes, maybe sometimes 18 if we could get in two rounds and then put the bag back on my back and I'd ride my bike back home. And that's what I would do. And and so you're active consistently. So for me, that saved me having, you know, what I like to consider, you know, pretty good genetics um, and being hyperactive and and probably being at a calorie deficit for the most part. That saved me from all the shitty eating and habits. But kids nowadays tend not to be as active as I was. And so the food is catching up with them a lot quicker and a lot faster. And they can't outwork and run those shitty habits. And then I was fortunate enough to play sports all the way through college, even though I ate like shit for the most part there, too. Um, I had a couple of good habits, but for the most part, I didn't. And I think that's probably the biggest key is that if you can help integrate the things early on, kids tend to do better. And what I'll say is this, the people here who played sports and were super active young as children, that age range training is a real thing. And we tend to see them be, you know, they look better as adults. They're fitter, they're stronger, they're faster, they pick up things quicker. Uh, they tend to build their body up because they have a base that was built at 12, 11 you know, 13, 14, 15, nine years old, whatever, whenever they started doing it, whether it's gymnastics or soccer or baseball or basketball, I think the more active you can have your kid, uh, the better. And I think if you start to integrate just some basic food education with them, um, I think that's crucial. So again, when I go over key facts here of obesity, 
Uh, an overweight adolescent has a 70% chance of becoming overweight as an adult or an obese adult for that matter. I'll say it again. An overweight adolescent has a 70% chance of becoming overweight or obese as an adult. That's why I harp on it so much about really integrating things about education with your family. And again, if you don't know anything, get with a coach. Contact someone like myself, someone local, go in, ask them, see what they do. Talk to other parents in your you know, your local gym or your church or community or wherever you're at and see what they do and, and share best practices. I mean, because it's, again, it's an epidemic, you guys. It's a crisis. You're not the only person who's dealing with an overweight kid who's bigger or heavier. And again, I harp on it so much, not because of, you know, the, the vanity aspect of it, but because as to become an adult, it would suck shit knowing that your parents and your family enabled or... I guess, contributed to the problem you're going to have at 25 and 35 and 45. It just is. And the body is, is you know, you're, you're born with so many, you know, fat cells and fat stores, if you will. Um, and once they're there, they never go away. Now you can shrink them down by not feeding them, but you can also create more of them over time with shitty eating habits. And the, the, the longer you're bigger, the tougher it is for most people is what I've seen. So the longer you're overweight, and if that's from ages, you know, eight to 22, it's a lot harder, man. If you're overweight for six months, it's a lot easier to get rid of. It's just what I've seen here. Again, I'm not pulling any you know scientific research up. It's just what I've seen here. And the people who play sports and the people who get a hold on it earlier in life tend to do better. Because obviously, as we know, if 70% of kids who are overweight, they tend to be that way as adults. So if you're overweight as a kid, the odds are in the favor that you're going to be overweight and as an adult, and you're going to be big your whole life. And again, if we can eradicate it and stop it early on by education and sharing best practices and just literally doing a little prep work, doing a little bit of planning, and really being diligent with your kid and winning the battle, I think is going to be crucial. Um, six to eight-year-olds with obesity are approximately 10 times more likely to become obese adults than those who are not obese at you know, youth age. Six to eight-year-olds with obesity who are suffering from obesity are approximately 10 times more likely to become obese as adults than those who are not. That's why I'm harping on it so hard, you guys. A third of the children born in 2000 in this country will develop diabetes sometime during their life, is what they project. Let me say that again. A third of the children born in 2000s, like in the 2000s, right, in this country, the United States of America, will develop diabetes at some point in their life. And why? Why is that necessary to do? That's not something you, that has to happen, I guess is my point. Since 1980, the obesity prevalence among children and adolescents has almost tripled. More than one in four 7 to 24-year-olds in the United States are now too heavy to serve in the military. More than one in four, so a fourth, of 17 to 24-year-olds in America are too heavy to serve in the U.S. military. And that development of retired military leaders endangers the national security, is what they're saying. Children with obesity are already demonstrating cardiovascular risks, typically not seen until adulthood. So kids who are obese are already demonstrating cardiovascular risks that typically are not seen until adulthood. So it's not just about, you know, the vanity stuff, like wanting them to look good. It's about their health, and not just for now as a kid, but as they get older. And I always tell people, like, do you think as you get older, you're going to become more mobile? You're going to have more energy. You're going to get leaner. You're going to be more apt to change your behaviors and patterns. No, I'm not saying it can't happen. 
the older I get, the more likely I am to change and, and be a better person. But I, I think I'm a little bit of an anomaly in that regard. I'm not putting myself on a pedestal, you guys. I've just been a fucking asshole at a lot of points in my life. And I've done a lot of stupid shit and a lot of wrong stuff and a lot of irresponsible, reckless behavior early on. I always tell people on the side, like, I've lived a... I've lived your guys' mistakes 25 years earlier than you did. And uh, I guess that was my, you know, it was terrible back then. It, now it's, 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 it's a blessing and a curse, if you will, now, because I've lived through it and I can see it. And so I don't want people to have to you know, do this. Obviously, if you're a kid and you have it now, it's only going to get harder as you get older because you're going to have less energy. And, mo- and most people are less likely to change their habits because they're solidified in them. And like, well, well, it's what I've always done. And they, and they believe the story that they tell them. Well, I've always been overweight. I've always had this problem. I've always had this issue. I was never an athlete. I was never this. And they adopt that story into adulthood and they keep it for the rest of their lives. I see people do it all the time. I was never an athlete. I'm like, well, did you really try? Uh, I was always overweight. I'm like, well, what did you do anything differently? And they're like, well, I've tried everything. And I'm like, well, list what you've tried. And then they list the three shitty things they tried and none of them worked. And then they quit. The point of me harping on this from a children's, you know, youth, uh, teenage aspect is this. I went through school. Um, I got bullied just like everybody else. There's always going to be a bigger kid, a stronger kid, a meaner kid who picks on you and uh, gives you anxiety and and makes you have a certain level of fear and certain things. And I know how rough that can be. And I got it and I was never overweight. I got it and I was an athlete. I got it and I was a, you know, a relatively, you know, if you think Bruce Willis is good looking, a relatively good looking kid who looked like a young Bruce Willis. Um, so that's, that was my life. And even I got bullied and I got picked on in certain, you know, scenarios and situations. And I know how much tougher it would have been if I was 40, 50 pounds overweight. You know, the one thing I did was make friends with the tough kids and the fuck it. And then we could just, nobody would pick on me anymore. Um, so I was smart about it. Uh, but I, I do see how it was for kids, especially when I was young, when they say like you're chubby or you're fat or certain things and that, that sticks with you. And uh, for a lot of people, they can sometimes use that as motivation to get in shape and get fit. But when someone's telling you you're fat or you're gross or you're chubby or you're a pig and you're a six, seven, eight, nine year old, um, those those things can cut deep, man. And those those scars are real. And if you can help your kid avoid that pain and, and heartache, I think it it's crucial um, because it will change them sometimes. And when you start to see people who are happy and fun and playful, when they get bullied and they get picked on because of how they look and because of their weight, it changes them. Um, it, it, I don't want to say it matures them, but it, it makes them grow up and it, it hardens them, I guess is the, is the correct term. It hardens them from the version of the person they were and they learn to be a different way. And they learn sometimes to pull back and be meeker or they learn to be the comedian to laugh it off so they can laugh at it um, and make fun of it so people don't do it for them. But they're hurting inside. And this is coming from a place, you guys, of me working with people, you know, thousands of people over the past decade who say, hey, man, I was bullied as a kid or I heard this as a kid and that comment changed me. And I, and don't get me wrong, you guys, there's things I heard about myself and my body that I'll never forget. Uh, it's for a different podcasts altogether, usually from a female I'm hooking up with or something. Uh, but you remember that. And, and I try to use it as a, as a positive thing for fuel and for energy to, to look a certain way and move a certain way. But when you're a young kid and you're not older, um, it hurts you and, and it limits it. People judge you uh, for better or for worse. I, I don't think it's fair, but people do judge you on how you look. And uh, if you can help your kid avoid that pain and heartache, I think that would be the key. Now back to my facts here. Children and adolescents with obesity have a greater risk of social and psychological problems such as discrimination, poor self-esteem, which can contribute into them going into adulthood. So like I mentioned, again, when kids are bullied and kids are overweight and obese, the, the world is a, the real world is a harsh place. And in my opinion is this, 
young kids are the, the fucking meanest, man. They really are. Um, they're vicious. And I think young women are even the worst. Girls to girls is bad. Dudes are bad in a different way. Um, usually, like, if we argue and fight and we say some stupid shit, like, we just punch each other and we, we fight it out. Girls, man, brutal, crucial. I've heard some of the most meanest shit as a kid growing up. And I can't imagine it's gotten a lot nicer uh, in the last 20 years. So, again, that's why I talk on it so deeply. Also, children with weight issues are more likely to miss school and repeat grades than children who are at a healthy weight. That I did not know. Children with severe weight issues are more likely to miss school and repeat a grade than children who are at a healthy weight. Children with obesity have three times more health care expenditure than children at healthy weights, costing an estimated $14 billion per year. So clearly, obviously, if you're overweight and unhealthy, you know, everything in your life goes up, you know, in terms of uh, obviously the health care for you, the insurance that you carry that you have. If you're, if you're talking like short-term life insurance, different things like that, um, it's all more expensive. Obviously, if you're people who smoke or people who drink or people who are overweight and just who are unhealthy because obviously it's not healthy to be, you know, carrying around a, a ton of load throughout your entire life. And again, you guys, all these numbers and stats were taken from the CDC and a partnership for Healthy America and uh, the stateofobesity.org. So again, the CDC, Partnership for a Healthier America, and the stateofobesity.org is where I pulled a lot of this beta from and just what I've seen here with people and kids uh, throughout the years. And again, if I had a solution for it, I would give you guys one. I'm not going to tell you how to parent or how to live your life, but I just know my experience of growing up um, with not a lot of, you know, whole nutrient, you know, super healthy, dense foods around. And again, not saying we never ate great stuff, but like at our house, be like, oh, we're having spaghetti for dinner. And it's like, you know, uh, white in, enriched uh, spaghetti noodles. Um, you know, if they would make homemade spaghetti sauce sometimes, which I think that was probably mostly legit. And then I'd be like, let's have some garlic bread with butter and like drink milk or have like a Pepsi. And that would be my dinner. Now, is it the worst thing in the world? I guess not. But like, would I eat that today as a healthy choice? Fuck no. That would be like an epic, you know, a treat or a cheat meal for me because there's an abundance of carbohydrates and fat and it's devoid of a lot of nutrient dense foods. And in the Midwest, you also eat things like goulash, if that's if you guys are familiar, uh, which is basically like a like a noodle, meat and kind of cheese. Everything's kind of like noodles, meat and cheese in all reality. Uh, and it's usually baked. Uh, and that's what you eat. And then also like I would eat be like dinty more beef stew a lot. Or I'm trying to think of other things I ate as a kid. What would be another popular one? Uh, tater tot hot dish, which if you guys are in the Midwest, you're familiar too. Basically like tater tots uh, and ground beef uh, and cheese and some form of like cream of mushroom soup typically. Uh, again, not not the healthiest choices in the world. And we put ranch in everything because for some reason ranch is like you know liquid gold in the Midwest. So we do ranch in a lot of stuff. My old man would grill a lot. His baking skills were very limited. So my, my old man would, was on point with that. Um, you know, a lot of burgers, uh, a lot of chicken. Uh, we didn't do steaks. It was too expensive. My dad was a cheap ass. Uh, and we were broke, so I, I respect it. But he would, and my, my dad did make the best burgers. They're like hand patty them. Like I, I'm, I'm lazy, so I get the ones that are already pre-patty. But my dad hand pattied some legit burgers back in the day. Uh, but we do that with chicken. Then usually have like fries or something like that and chips and uh, we throw some vegetables, you know, intermittently here or there, but uh, that's kind of what we did. And uh, that's how I grew up. And again, I'm not bagging on them for it. It's, it's it's the best thing that they could do. It's how they grew up. It's what they knew. But now it's 2019. We have access to coaches, communities. We have the internet. We can do our own research. We can ask someone like myself or reach out to another expert who's helping people, another parent you know, who their kids you seem to be doing the right things, being healthy. And you just ask them. And again, 
Um, there's no shame in that whatsoever. I think, you know, be educating yourself as a, as a parent and adult, if you're listening to this and you don't know anything about macros and healthy proteins and healthy fats and quality carbohydrates, and you don't know anything about micronutrients or you think you do, but you're not sure and you've never had a coach or went through a course or a community or a certification or something, I think it would be in your best interest and in your kid's best interest as well. And at the end of the day, I think we see what our parents do um, and we kind of, we pull a lot from that. And I'm not telling you guys what to do or how to eat, but if I were to see my parents always eating super healthy and always making great choices and always doing the right things, I think that would have stuck with me too. Um, not that my, my parents weren't active and didn't do stuff because I did see them, you know, go to the gym and work out or rollerblade or ride a bike or work in the yard and, and work hard. And so you do see those things, but the food thing was, was really missing. And even the things that they thought were healthy really weren't healthy. I mean, we ate, you know, if it was like ground beef and rice, it was like ground beef, but like rice aroni. And it was like, we always had white wonder bread. And uh, we would always have breakfast cereal and put sugar in everything from like tricks to Apple Jacks to if it was Rice Krispies, I would eat Rice Krispies. And we would do Rice Krispies in dairy milk. And then I would put cut up bananas in it. And then I would sprinkle sugar on top of that. And that's how I would eat it. Like what? A, it's a terrible, terrible choice. And then all the other normal cereals too that, that we would eat and, and things like that. And then obviously if we ever got fancy, we could get Eggo waffles and Dousman butter and syrup and it's just again I understand you're a kid and there's a time and place for that but that can't be the everyday food there literally is no nutrients in that you're not helping your kid become a healthier version of yourself and again I was just lucky genetically to be skinny enough and be active you know five six hours a day where it didn't affect me where it did affect a lot of other kids and that's why I share it not just from a, a health standpoint which I do think ultimately that's the key and not just for them being healthy today, but then when they're 25, 35, 45, because that's, you know, literally, that's a weight you have to carry with you. And it's not just the weight on the body. I'm talking like the internal emotional weight of that. It's a burden on you as a kid. Um, life is hard enough as it is, you guys. You get punched in the face and 19 things go wrong. But if you're 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight, especially when you're 15, 16 years old, life gets rough, dude. And it's a vicious place and it's not a fun place to be. And those are formidable years that for a lot of people, it scars them and it changes them. And they become a different person than they were really meant to be just because they were stuck in a certain body and the world really wasn't forgiving and people were judging. And, and again, I'm not telling you guys, you have to be, you know, your kid's got to be shredded and you got to be shredded. That's not what this is about. But when your kid has a 50 pounds to lose, a hundred pounds to lose, it's tough for them, you know, and nobody Nobody is happy being that, that overweight and that obese and that run down. And the amount of damage it does to your joints and the internal organs and how hard it is for your body to work and to move, um, it's just not a recipe for success. So hopefully some of these numbers, uh, you know, shed some light for you guys or wake people up if you're listening to it to understand, like, we do have a problem. And again, it, it baffles me that we're this far along, you know, 40 years later, and yet we're four, three to four times more obese than we used to be, yet we have more gyms. We have more coaches, we have more books, we have more courses, we have more access to information than ever and more programs, but yet we're still not changing the behavior and the patterns because we a lot of people know what to do. In theory, it's really simple. You eat healthy foods that fuel your body, you move around, you get quality sleep, you don't stress. It's the application of doing that because we as adults in America get so busy with our own shit. Oh, I got to work so many hours in my job because I got to, you know, pay for my car and my house and for this and I got to do this to make my family's life better when I think sometimes just stepping back from that and educating ourselves and being there for you know ourselves and our kids and leading from the front and taking care of our bodies and we're eating healthy and we're doing the right things and we're active and they see that 
Um, and we don't really give them a choice, I think, can, can be a big step forward. Uh, and obviously because it's a problem and it's an issue. And again, if I had a perfect answer, I'd give it to you guys. But I think it starts with education. And I think it starts with applying that education in the home every single day and just doing the right things. And again, I don't have a kid. Uh, I can tell you, you know, from my perfect ivory tower of, of fantasy what it would be like, but I have no fucking clue. I know it will be a battle. It's an everyday struggle. It'll be probably one of the hardest things that if I have a kid that I ever have to do. Um, but I'm pretty diligent. I think my wife would tell you I'm very few people can wear me down. And I'm sure, you know, I've, I've been here around children and there's a breaking point where I walk out the door because I, I don't have to deal with it. Um, and I'll pick my battles and I'll do it the best way that I can. But I know even if it's a struggle, even if it's a fight, even if it's something that wears me down and makes me want to cry myself to sleep and drives me fucking nuts and insane, I'll be the villain. I'll be the hated person for that because I know five years from now, 15 years from now, 10 years from now, it would be in their best interest. And I, I wish someone would have done that for me um, if they would have known to do it. But again, I know too much at this point to just kind of let it go on and just to give in to make it easier because it's like sometimes the initial, you know, it's easy up front, but it's way harder on the back end. I would rather take the punch in the face now and the fights and the battles and the struggles to have it be easier for them later on. And that's from a health standpoint, from a bullying standpoint, just for them living a better life standpoint. So hopefully this helps anybody out there who's dealing with the kid issues, um, with if your kid's over, overweight and obese and they're not you know, feeling as healthy and as strong and as powerful as, as they truly want to be. Uh, and, and just know you can turn around and every day is a new day. But I think with anything in life, you know, s you know, starting a culture is easier than trying to recreate one. I'm not saying you can't, you know, start to integrate new things, but I would say, you know, shallow and deep end. So don't listen to this podcast and then just clear out the entire house. And now it's like they can't even have, you know, a couple of Cheez-Its here or there. And they're just eating literally asparagus and broccoli every day. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, you guys do it the the way you see best. You're all rock stars out there. You're all amazing parents doing the best that you can. I know that. But as you become more educated uh, and you hear things like this and you see things like this and you understand it's an epidemic or a reason, um, just have the conversations with your kids, I guess, and, and with, with your you know fellow husband or wife and, and the people around you. I just think the more we can talk about eating healthy and being healthy, the, the more healthy we're going to put into play into practice. I think the best thing you can do is leading from the front. You make good choices. You be active. You show them you're active. You walk, you hike, you're part of a fitness program, you do certain things. You drag them along sometimes. Uh, there's a guy in here, Nate Montgomery, who brings his kid in. Uh, the kid, What's a kid? Like, I'd be like four, five. The kid's a little gangster. He's doing like squat the press today with a 10 pound dumbbell. He knows how to pull the ski down and use it himself. He's doing the bear crawl patterns. He His pedals can't, his feet can't even hit the assault bike pedals, but yet he's sitting on there with his feet up and he's just using the arms and the assault bike. It's really impressive because he sees his dad doing His dad's a rock star. And it's the things like that where if that kid's active and he's in hockey and he's in t-ball and he's coming here and he's doing that stuff, he's more likely to be fit as an adult because I don't want him to fall into the category of, you know, he's obese as a kid, so he has a 70% chance of being overweight and obese as an adult. And that's a shitty place to be, man, because like I said, it does not get easier as you get older. It doesn't. And for better or for worse, people do judge you on how you look. And it, it will limit the opportunities and some of the things you get to happen in your life. And I would urge people just to... You know, really take a step back, educate yourself, and then, you know, you put the pieces into play how you guys see fit. But just want to share the numbers with you guys because I do think they're important. I do think they matter. And, uh, you know, coming from me as a kid who had to relearn how to eat and relearn everything, I didn't know what macros were. I didn't know what carbs and proteins and fats were. I had no idea. I was not educated on micronutrients. And I had no idea that, you know, food actually healed you and food actually helped you build muscle and made you strong and made you do things. I just, like you're not really conscious of because nobody drilled it into my head when I was seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old. And I think if you guys start to do that, 
your kid is going to know more about food at 15 than you do at 45. And that's a really cool fucking place to be. Uh, when they become interested in it and they become healthy and they want to do it and they know about it and then they become a leader in the house, which is a, would be a neat uh, experience to live through and see for you guys out there. So take those facts for what they are. Hopefully you guys enjoy this. And again, side note, I'm not judging anybody for anything whatsoever. I'm not telling you how to parent. I'm not telling you what to do. Do not take it as I'm saying that. I'm just speaking on my experience as a kid growing up and what what, what I think would have been easier and better for me. Uh, going through this, I would have avoided some of the health issues I've had. I would have avoided some of the, the, the things I've had to fight through, the things I've had to relearn, and all the cravings I still have to fight 24-7, 365. The better habits you can instill in people at a young age, saying yes, sir, you know, ma'am, saying thank you, saying please, you know, eating the right foods, you know, being active, getting to sleep at a normal time, you know, just the, the other normal stuff you teach a kid this is right there. It's just as important as everything else. It, it truly is. And if that would have, you know, ingrained to me, I think my life would have been a little bit easier uh, on the back end here. But I, got, I was, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be able to figure it out. Um, and hopefully, you know, everybody else listening will be too. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I thank you for listening. If you're in iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Drop me a five star. Leave a comment. I truly would appreciate it. It means the world to me. And if you dig the podcast at all and you think this can help somebody, please share it with your friends and family and tell them it's the greatest podcast that ever existed. <laughs> I would uh, I would truly appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to do an Instagram Q&A podcast probably tomorrow or later this week. And then uh, we've got another couple of topics coming down the pipe. But again, if you guys want to hear something specific, say, hey, Jeremy, you haven't touched on this. Or can you touch on this in more detail? Or maybe I missed this episode. Do you have it? Just reach out to me. I'm happy to share it or retouch on it or kind of give a remix version if it makes enough sense for everybody. So until next time, you guys, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please just keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.